Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Financially Speaking. I am your guest host in for Kathy Cook Noble. My name is Karen Cook, and you are listening to our radio show on the Inspired Choices Network. So today, our topic, are you financially ready to get high? I don't mean going and buying it at the store, although that may be a financial burden, but is your business ready for the legalization of marijuana and cannabis? And if you have a business, you're an entrepreneur, you're an owner, are you familiar with the rules and regulations surrounding marijuana and cannabis in the workplace? So let's discuss the laws regarding marijuana and cannabis. Now, I know for my American listeners out there in the United States, you have many states right now that do allow for the legality of marijuana. Uh, however, some states are not on board with that. So these legal the legalities and the laws and rules and regulations surrounding the use of cannabis in your state only allows for the use of it in the state. So if you're in California, which of course we know it's legal there, there are still rules and regulations regarding the use of marijuana. So you, if you want to go over and say you want to party in Las Vegas, right? I'll pack up my pot and off I go, right? No, 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 don't do that. The rules and regulations in Las Vegas differ from California. Right, Nevada is not California, so it may not be legal there. You'll need to find out because, again, it's, it's no different than you want to smoke it in California. Any, anywhere in California is legal, but, again, when you're crossing state lines, that's when the rules and regulations come into effect. And if you're caught with it, whether or not you have a medical prescription, it's legal for you to carry and smoke it there are going to be rules and regulations we need to follow there as well. In Canada, it's going Canada-wide, not province or territory-wide. So on October 17th is the M-Day, Marijuana Day, right? So for those of you that can't wait, calm down, it's coming. We've only got, what, today's October 1st. So we are coming down to 16 more days for this, right? And again, there are still going to be rules and regulations of where you can smoke it, when you can smoke it, how you can smoke it, if you can smoke it, because you can eat it. You can do. There are many ways to inhale the form of marijuana and many different types of marijuana out there. So there are going to be a lot of rules following that, and that's just for you to go out and maybe smoke it. When it comes to business, there's a whole other set of rules and regulations. In Canada, we're dealing with the Ministry of Labor, the Human Rights Board. We're dealing with employment issues. We're going to be dealing with employment training, employment programs, use and not use. What jobs do you have that will allow you to use it and won't? And actually, the cannabis physical stores, the first one is set to open uh, in April of next year. So there's going to be zoning issues. Can they be near schools? Can they be near beer stores? No, they can't be. They have to be 500 meters away from schools or anything where you're looking at children. And even the beer stores, which is kind of weird because I kind of look at them and think they're kind of similar, but they're not, they're not. But the rules regarding cannabis may shadow our alcohol 
and our use of that in the workplace or when driving or anytime we want to do that. So actually, in Canada here, the first post-secondary institution, uh, George Brown College, which banned all cigarettes and marijuana use on campus, including vaping, any cannabis substance, not allowed. Doesn't matter what the rules are going to say. And that is their absolute right to allow that. And stores can do that too. Facilities can do that. They can ban it all. It's no different than no shirts, no shoes, no service. We've all heard that, right? You walk in a store, you're only wearing your drawers. I don't care if you're a male or female and it's legal for you to walk around top. If a store says you can't, they don't have to serve you. And of course, with the George Brown College, they're offering services to help students stop smoking altogether. In Toronto, Ryerson University, looking at new rules regarding pot. Students are signing contracts stating they won't have pot on campus. In sports, it does not matter what country or state you're in, what province or territory you're in, there are no drugs allowed in sports. Because in Canada, the marijuana is about to become legal, provincially, not federally. Same in the state. State to state to state, legal, not across the board. So even though we do have legal places, you still can't have it in sports. You test positive for marijuana in sports, you're out. And I think we've all seen what's been going on with that. seems to be the football players are getting into it a little early, and that's fine. But if you smoke it at home and you test positive on the field, you're out. So it's never going to be okay. At least it isn't right now. Maybe, maybe in the future. So there need to be policies in place, not just for recreational use, but for workplace use. And there will be in Canada, and I'm sure there are, and there are in the United States. And if people don't follow these policies, they may get fired. And yes, you may become at the other end of a lawsuit you don't want to be a part of. So laws will evolve on circumstance, recreational versus medicinal use. And it's going to be a case-by-case study because this is new. So there aren't a lot of precedents in the legal system to go back to to say, well, this is what happened. I suppose we could go over to Holland, who probably laugh and think, what the heck, right? We've been controlling this for years. But uh, it takes a long time to get the rules, the regulations, the taxes, the servicing of it, the recreational use, the medicinal use, the prescriptions, how to use it, where to use it. So it's, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I mean, and here, here's a question. When you are at work, and you go for lunch, might you have a drink of wine? Might you have a beer? Might you have a shot, right, some kind of spirit? Well, is it going to be the same if you smoke a doobie? Will it be legal? Are you considered under the influence off of one drink? Because you certainly are off of one doobie, right? If you have a prescription for marijuana use, can you use it in the workplace? What are the rules regarding your job? Will you be prosecuted? Most likely not if you have a prescription. But again, that's personal. So when you get into work use, there's going to be rules regarding that. So while legalization is a federal initiative, it will be up to the individual provinces to devise regulations for both distribution and enforcement of drug-related offenses when we're talking about weed. So of particular note, are the penalties associated with driving. As you know, you can't drive drunk. We've got all sorts of programs out there, MAD, M-A-D-D, that say, listen, you can't do this, and this is why. There's rules, there's regulations. The police monitor that. They have testing. 
They can tell if you're drunk. And if we look at Canada province to province, the driving drunk, now we are going to be driving high. So the only thing I'm going to say to you right now is just don't do it. Don't get behind the wheel of a car if you're drunk. You know know better. It's no different than marijuana. It is a mind-altering substance. And you can get higher quicker than you can get drunk. Okay? So let's look at British Columbia. And, I mean, we're looking at offenses here. So you're caught driving high. You're going to lose your license for 90 days. Your vehicle is impounded for three days. And, by the way, you get to pay the towing fees. And you get a $200 fine. You do it again. 90 days, you lose your license. You lose your vehicle for seven days. It's a $300 fine. And you're probably going to be taking a driving course. You do it again. They take your license for 90 days. Your vehicle's gone for 30 days. Your fine is now 400. You're taking a driving course and probably getting one of those beautiful ignition interlock systems that used to measure and still do the blood alcohol level. Now it's measuring THC levels. How embarrassing for you, especially if you're a business professional and driving is your way of life. Alberta. Uh, it's a little bit harder suspension, 90 days suspension on the first offense, three-day seizure, mandatory driving course, one-year in- ignition interlock program on the wheel of your car, and oh, here's the big one, a $1,000 fine because you smoked yourself a little bit of a doobie. Don't do it. And it goes up from each offense. The second offense, same thing, only now you're going to jail for 30 days. Next offense, you're going to jail for 120 days plus all the other stuff. Saskatchewan, three days for license suspension, vehicle impound, taking a driving course. And again, goes up from there. Eventually, the fines go up to over $2,500. And five years losing your license. Is that worth it to you? Go ahead and get it high. I don't care if it's legal. Do it in your home. Stay away from your vehicle. You can't get in trouble that way, right? Manitoba, losing your license for a year, first-time offense, and a $1,000 fine, and you can go to jail up to 18 months. So they're going to look at the level you're at. It's kind of like your alcohol. You're drunk driving. Okay, let's look at how drunk you are. Let's look what happens when you get behind the wheel of a car. You might hurt yourself. What if you hurt somebody else? What if you kill somebody? What if you kill yourself? What if you're driving your loved ones? your spouse, your parent, your child, your fur baby. You want them to get killed, hurt? You want to go to jail? What if you have your kids or fur babies in the car and they're all underage? Well, fur babies, I guess they're always considered underage, but your kids, you go to jail, the side of the road. Where do they go? You want them in foster care? You want your dogs at a pound? You want your cats at a shelter? I know I don't, okay? So let's not do it. And, of course, in Manitoba, I mean, you hurt somebody, they die, or you cause them any harm, you lose your license for five years, you get a huge fine, and you could spend 10 years in prison. It's not worth it. I'm in Ontario. So our first offense is a three-day suspension of my license and $250 fine. I do it again, seven-day suspension, mandatory education program, which costs $350, and a fine. Third offense is a 30-day suspension of license, a treatment program now. But you say, oh, but it's legal. So is alcohol. But there are still alcoholics. 
That's why we have treatment programs. Same thing here. If you can't follow the rules, you might need help. You're going to get the Ignin Interlock device for six months, a $450 fine. Oh, and here's a good one, a mandatory medical exam. Like, why are you doing this, right? And, and it goes on and on and on. Most provinces have 90-day suspensions, fines from 100 to to $1,000, and up to a year of suspending your license on a first offense. And it doubles and triples, and eventually you're going to jail. You're going to have a program. You're going to be, it's going to be publicized. You might make the papers. Yay, it's not what I want. Right? So these offenses are going to go up and up and up. And the same thing happens in the United States. You cross state lines. You're going to get charged and fined and whatever that state has that says, hey, we're not going to tolerate this. You're going to pay that fine. Whether you have, whether you come from a state that's allowed to have it or you have a prescription, you use it for medicinal purposes, you're still going to get those fines. So if you need your license for work, to get to work, you're a driver, a cab, a truck, a bus, a limo driver. What if your license depends upon you keeping your job? Car salesman. You might work at a car wash, might have to run a car through. Your insurance goes up. Each offense goes up. And yes, you could lose your job. And oh yeah, you could be on the bad end of a lawsuit. So the best advice I can give you to avoid these penalties is just don't drive high. Don't do it. It is not worth it. It's not worth the fines, the embarrassment. God forbid the injury or death you cause yourself or somebody you don't know or somebody you love. It's not worth the embarrassment to have to face people at work. And, you know, I get that it's legal. But there's still a stigma associated with, let's call us pot smokers. There are generation gaps, right? There are educational gaps. There's still the thinking of, I don't like it, I don't want it, versus I like it and I want it. So just follow the rules and there's not going to be any problems, okay? So we're going to go into our first break. So when we return, we are going to talk about marijuana and crossing Canada the United States and how it's going to affect us uh, as we cross the borders. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with Karen Cook on the Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. 
professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world, knowing your voice matters, and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Karen Cook, and today our show topic is being financially ready to get high. So before we went to break, we were discussing, well, basically driving and being high, and I'm telling you not to do it. So let's talk about crossing the border. So we'll start with going from Canada to the United States. So as the legalization of marijuana is coming into Canada October 17th, it is going province and territory-wide. It's provincially and territorial legal. Again, it's not federally legal. Neither is it in the United States. It's state to state. So if you're a Canadian who smokes marijuana legally, which it will be, prescribed or not, or you work or invest in the industry, you can be barred from the United States because they do not recognize it as a legal substance. We can be barred from entering the United States for smoking marijuana legally for working in the industry or investing in Canadian marijuana companies. The U.S. does not plan to change its border policies to account for Canada's marijuana legalization. Right? It's no different than if you went to Holland. And I know some of you are laughing and going right on and high-fiving if you've been there and you like to smoke your ganja. However, you can't bring it back, right? You can't bring it on the airplane. You can't get high and come back to Canada. They're not going to let you do that. You're under the influence. It's like you can't get drunk and fly on an airplane. They're not going to allow you to do that. And right now, I don't know of any place like at the board you can get your duty-free pot, right, and take it with you because, again, it's not recognized in the United States. So, And it is not recognized as a legal business in the United States. So going from Canada to the U.S., okay, at any border cross, crossing checkpoint, U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials have the power to conduct a search of your car, yourself, and your possessions without a warrant. They always have, right? If they think something's wrong, they can search. They they can search your electronic devices, so your phones, your tablets, your laptops, your hard drives. They can ask you whether or not you've used cannabis. And if you say no because you don't, okay, fine. If you say yes and they find out you lied, again, they can ban you from the United States. You could have a lifetime banned because you lied. They're officers, you can't lie to them, right? So if you're traveling to the U.S. for business purposes and you answer yes to, yes, I'm in the industry, yes, I smoke pot, you can get a lifetime ban. If you're a cannabis user, you work in the cannabis industry. If you say no, they find out you're lying. It's a federal offense under the U.S. law. So you're thinking, well, that's great. I either smoke pot or I, I, I vacation in the States. Well, that's about it too, right? It's not recognized United States-wide. So that that's your choice, I guess. 
Um, it is possible to obtain a waiver to get around the lifetime ban from an immigration lawyer. Uh, waivers are usually only good between six months, maybe to five years, and they cost about $500. So there is something that you can look at if you are in the industry. You are a marijuana user. You're a medical marijuana prescription user. You can be banned. So you can go to an immigration lawyer, get a waiver. It might last six months. It might last five years. You're going to pay $500 each time for the waiver. And, of course, any other legal costs associated with getting the waiver. So now you're coming back to Canada or you're coming into Canada, right? So we're going from the United States to Canada. And, again, the Canada Border Services Agency officers are stationed at the checkpoints into Canada as well. And, again, they have the right to search you. Even if you're a Canadian citizen, so if you're a Canadian gone into the States, coming back, you can be searched. You're a Canadian going to the States, you can be searched. Either side can search you, and they can search your goods, your electronic devices, your vehicle, your person, without a warrant, and everything is considered to be good. So if you've been on your computer or your phone and you've been researching marijuana, and they think that that could be an issue, you can be in trouble for that. So you just want to be careful with what you're doing, if you're going to use it, and what your travel plans are going to be, especially into the United States. I know that cannabis is great in many, many, many situations. As a former nurse, um, and and, and a fairly educated person, right? Um, I've been in the legal field, I've been, been trained and worked in the legal field, the medical field. Uh, the educational field, service industries, automotive industries. And, I, and I've always thought that there are fantastic uses for marijuana. And, of course, as this is coming up, I, I'm learning a lot more myself. I'm not against it, right? And I think done the right way, I think it can be very beneficial. It's very good to treat many conditions, chronic pain, whether it's back or injury or work-related or it's hips or knees or shoulders, right? Anxiety, it's really good for anxiety. Behavioral concerns, right? It can be good for that. For seizures, inflammation, sleep, produces sleep, right? Gastrointestinal conditions, cancer, skin disorders, glaucoma, PTSD, it goes on and on and on. So medical cannabis is subject to different rules than recreational cannabis. The production and sale of medical cannabis is regulated exclusively by the federal government. Okay. So if a healthcare professional already authorized you to use cannabis for medical reasons, your access won't change. Right? Doesn't matter whether it becomes legal, your access is never going to change. Now the only way to purchase medical cannabis is from a federal federally licensed producer online. You have to have a written order or over the phone and delivered by secure mail. It doesn't just come in your mailbox, by the way. Once your neighbors figure it out, I don't know why I'm not getting my pot anymore. right? And you don't want anybody knowing anyway. Do you really want to advertise anywhere by mail, in the paper, social media, that you get medical marijuana? You're just asking for someone to break into your house and steal it. right? So you can receive a license from Health Canada to grow medical cannabis on your own or designate someone else to grow it on your behalf if you have authorization from a professional for medicinal marijuana. The federal liberals have set, they just set July this year, the deadline to legalize recreational marijuana. And of course, there are restrictions on who can buy it and sell it to be 18 or older. You have to be an adult. 
Okay, provinces can set their own minimum requirements, but you're probably going to look at 18, maybe 21 in some of our provinces. Um, and they're going to figure out how to sell and regulate it for their province and territory. In Ontario, marijuana will be sold in stores run by a subsidiary of the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. Manitoba wants to sell cannabis through private sector retail outlets and online stores. So that's just two very different looks and views of how to sell. So under the new federal legislation, people of legal age, probably 18 or more, will be allowed to publicly possess up to 30 grams of dried cannabis or its equivalent in a non-dried form. So recreational cannabis in the workplace. So specifically maybe looking at Ontario, but again, every province, state, uh, and territory have their own workplace rules. So the use of recreational cannabis will be permitted only in private residence or outdoor spaces of a private residence. So if you live in an apartment or a condo, you might only be able to use it on your balcony. Because let's face it, if you're in an apartment and somebody's smoking pot, you're all going to smell it. It goes through the vents, through the walls, in the hallway, right? In a multi-unit dwelling, uh, there are going to be specific rules on where and when and how you can smoke it. So if the condo board decides to create a cannabis-free building, they are free to do so. Educational facilities, uh, medical facilities, they are cannabis-free. They're smoke-free. They're going to be cannabis-free too. And we will have to follow those rules. And if you have a medical prescription, you'll need to talk to people to find out whether or not you're able to smoke on their property. How, when, where, and why, right? So recreational cannabis is probably not going to be permitted in the workplace or public spaces, or if you're in a motorized vehicle. If you have an employee who's slipping out into the parking lot to smoke up during their lunch break, they could be subject to fines, $1,000 for a first offense, and 5000 for subsequent offenses for using in public. But then you go, but it's, but it's legal. That's right. It is legal in the province, state, or territory. You still have to follow workplace rules. And employers and workers have a duty to keep workplaces safe and, and work safely. Are you safe when you're high? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure I am. Are you safe when you're drunk? Are you safe working equipment? Whether you work in a factory? What about a nurse? Would you be okay with a doctor performing surgery on Willie's eye? Absolutely not. So there are going to be so many workplace rules regarding the use of marijuana. So as employers do have a duty to accommodate medical cannabis use, recreational use of cannabis in the workplace is still going to be a violation of the law. Many employers are concerned about how the legalization of recreational cannabis will impact the workplace. Different concerns. Increased use of cannabis both inside and out of the workplace. workplace, Maintaining workplace safety, especially in safety-sensitive roles. How about the impairment or intoxication detection and restrictions on testing? You're not allowed to test people for being drunk. You certainly aren't allowed to test them for being high. Effects on productivity. How productive are you when you're stoned? Absenteeism. Can't function. Too stoned. Employee performance. I'm too stoned to do my work. Increased accommodation needs and costs for addictions and for prescribed users. So there's going to be a lot of concerns that employers are going to look at when they are making their own workplace rules and regulations regarding cannabis use. 
And of course, the occupational health and safety laws require that employers must take precautions uh, to make sure that everybody is protected, all their workers are protected. A manager in Canada has gone to jail and one employer was fined $750,000 for failing to fulfill those obligations in relation to marijuana use. That's already happened. So while employees' requests to use medical marijuana may be subject to the employer's duty to accommodate disabilities, employees do not have the right to be impaired in the workforce. So there are so many rules that are going to be surrounded in the workplace regarding the use of marijuana, even though it's legal, consider it to be like alcohol. You can't go to work drunk. You can't go to work stoned. You can't perform your job drunk. You can't perform your job stoned. If you, you are never going to get a medical license to be drunk, but yes, because medical, medical marijuana is therapeutic, you can get a license for that. So it may depend on your job whether or not you can smoke it at work. You're not going to be allowed to use your medical marijuana and go drive, perform surgery, work in a factory on machines that could hurt and kill you and pull off your body parts. Can you function talking to people? So this, there's going to be a lot of rules that we're going to have to follow when the marijuana becomes into effect. And workplaces, employers are working on this right now. Okay, so it's time for our second break of the show. When we return, we're going to look at the rules for the workplace regarding marijuana use in our workplace. So you are listening to Financial Speaking with Karen Cook on the Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. 
Welcome back, everyone. I am Karen Cook, and today our topic is being financially ready to get high. So let's talk about the rules in the workplace. So there are rules, and there are strict rules in place to make sure workplaces are safe. There's going to be no difference in that when marijuana becomes legal. Consuming recreational cannabis in the workplace is illegal and will continue to be illegal even on when it comes into effect October 17th, the legalization of marijuana. It's no, it's no different than drinking. You can't go to work and spark up a beer and have a drink, go back to work. Okay? So you can't smoke a doobie either. So employers and supervisors need to know the rules for medical cannabis. And they're going to be required to address workplace hazards under the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Employees and workers who are unable or unfit to work safely could be a hazard to themselves or to others in the workplace. And you also have a duty to perform work safely and to report any hazards to your supervisor and employer under the OHSA, Occupational Health and Safety Act. So top concerns of impact on the workplace are employees operating motor vehicles. Can't be hot drive. Disciplinary procedures. What do we do? If somebody smokes up during work hours or comes in, we have to have a policy in place for that. What do we do, and a concern is, about decreased work performance? What if you're not performing at your best anymore? What if you have a quota you're not making? We have to look at what we do with that as an employer. What about employees, as I said, who use heavy machinery, factory machinery? Is it safe for you to be high? No. And what about attendance? Is it going to affect attendance? It's going to be a negative impact on employees showing up to work because they're too stoned, too high, and just don't go to work. So the challenge for employers preparing for legalization of cannabis relates to safety in the workplace. Canadian employers are required by law to ensure safety in the workplace. And there's several new changes now being introduced with the legalization of cannabis. I mean, marijuana is already there. Right, people smoke it, but do we do drug testing? Are we allowed to do that? There's a widespread concern among employers about this increased use of cannabis. Uh, will it result in higher incidences of impairment in the workplace, higher injuries? Right, what's going to happen? More injuries, more people on WSIB, less people at work, higher turnover rate. What about motorized vehicles? How are you going to know when somebody's impaired? So employers will need to set specific policies regarding the use of cannabis in the workplace. But how do you know when an employee is too impaired to work safely? Is there a blood test? Are you allowed to actually perform a blood test on somebody? How, how, how much cannabis is too much? Right? Currently, only 11% of respondent companies have a policy in place to address medical marijuana, and 45.9% don't believe their existing policies adequately cover any potential workplace issues that are going to arise with the legalization of marijuana, which is coming in 16 days. So unlike alcohol, there's no current census on safe limits for consumption of cannabis. We know you can get more high on a, one marijuana than you can on one drink, but how much of that marijuana doobie can you smoke before you're past the point of being able to perform, right? And, and, it, 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 and it's a deficit of your senses, right? You become relaxed. You get an euphoric state. You get the munchies. You're generally happy. Your senses are heightened. 
right? But some of the 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 observable effects are lack of concentration, impaired learning, memory changes of the thought formation and, and expression, and drowsiness. So in places where marijuana is legal for medical or recreational use, different jurisdictions have different ways of dealing with drug-impaired driving. Zero-tolerance policies. Workplaces absolutely have the right to have a zero-tolerance because they have a duty to accommodate, maybe. We can have a zero-tolerance policy in effect, but it could cause discrimination against employees who use it with a prescription. So can we have a zero-tolerance policy? And if we don't, where and when and how do we allow them to have their marijuana? What part of the marijuana are they ingesting? The one that will make them goofy or the one that won't? So there's risks in safety-sensitive work environments. And of course, let's talk about the no sense is good sense, and I mean S-E-N-S-E. They don't want you wearing perfume to work. They don't want you using products on your hair that's going to cause sense overload. People are allergic to things. Well, I'm going to tell you, you spark up yourself a little doobie. I'm going to know. It does. It, they say it smells like a skunk. It's a little different than that, and I did go buy a skunk today. But when I was out and about today, I went by that and knew it was a skunk. When I smelled the pot from down the street, I knew it was pot. So you're going to know the smell. I don't bring a skunk to work, so I can't really smoke a doobie at work, can I? So things that employer, employers should know about marijuana in the workplace. So as we know, it's coming into effect. Changes are happening. First thing we want to know, what's the current legal status of marijuana in Canada? Right? You want to know that come October 17th, it's going to be legal. So we want to know what's the status. Does legalization of marijuana mean employees can be paired at work? Impaired at work? Absolutely not. Employers have right to set rules for non-medical use of marijuana in the workplace. Does the duty to accommodate extend to medical marijuana? Yes, it does. We must, as required by provincial and federal human rights legislation, extend to disabled employees the ability to use marijuana in a medical sense at the workplace. These employees are to be accommodated in the same way as an employer accommodates any other disabled employee who has been prescribed medication. Next thing we want to know, how far does the duty to accommodate employees using medical marijuana extend? So the human rights legislation requires that a disabled employee be accommodated. So what does that mean in the extent of medical marijuana? A prescription for medical marijuana does not entitle an employee to be impaired at work. A prescription for medical marijuana does not entitle an employee to compromise their safety or the safety of others. A prescription for medical marijuana does not entitle an employee to smoke in the workplace. It does not entitle an employee to unexcused absences or late arrivals or early departures. But the employer is required to attempt to find suitable workplace accommodation for disabled employees who have a prescription for medical marijuana, just as it would be required for any other disabled employee with any other medical drug, drug prescription. And the last thing we want to know is what can employers do to meet their obligations? So employers may need to revisit workplace policies that address drug and alcohol use. Uh, and specifically, the, the two um, obligations are on hand. Employers have a duty to accommodate disabled employees, and medical marijuana is used to treat medical conditions. So it constitutes a disability. 
And on the other hand, employers must take every reasonable precaution to ensure the safety of the workplace, uh, and they have to look at the impairment on the job. Right? Assessment of impairment at work may prove to be the most difficult aspect of designing and implementing policies regarding marijuana use, because how do you test for it? The testing of drug and alcohol remains one of the most contentious contemporary issues in Canadian workplace law. So we have to look at those and say, geez, you know, we're going to have to revamp our policies, our procedures. How do we determine people who have medical marijuana? How are we going to accommodate that? Where, when, and to what extent? So the future of medical marijuana or marijuana itself in the workplace, I mean, where is that heading? So the changes of the legal status of marijuana have created unique and unprecedented challenges for employers. So to accommodate employees who use medical marijuana, an employer can start by mirroring the practices developed for accommodating any employee who's been prescribed drugs that have the potential to impact or impair their work. So to limit the use of non-medical marijuana at work, an employer can look to existing practices that are related to the use of alcohol or prescription drugs or cigarettes. So there will be changes. It's Likely that zero-tolerance workplace policies for marijuana use will become unenforceable. So we may also see employees begin to request or negotiate for coverage under health and benefits plans for medical marijuana prescription. And with time, many issues and uncertainties surrounding the use of marijuana will be legitimized. or Sorry, litigated. Uh, we will be provided with lessons from the courts and tribunals as to how an employer can best ensure that it fulfills its human rights obligations. And, of course, while also ensuring the workplace remains safe and productive. So there's a lot of pieces of legislation that apply when it comes to the legalization of cannabis, which include the Controlled Drugs and Substance Act. Right? It's a Schedule II drug, so it means it's a high potential for abuse. But it does have valid medical applications. Cannabis for Medical Purposes Regulation. Medicinal cannabis is available to all Canadians as long as they have an authorization from their doctor for a valid medical condition. The Cannabis Act will legalize the use and sale of recreational cannabis. In Ontario, you have to be 19 to purchase cannabis when it becomes legal. According to the Act, no person shall consume cannabis in a public place, a workplace within the meaning of the Occupational Health and Safety Act, a vehicle or a boat. Medicinal cannabis users are subject to any prohibitions or restrictions that are set out under the Smoke-Free Ontario Act of 2017. An act to amend the criminal code and to make consequential amendations to other acts, and this will add in new criminal offenses regarding cannabis use, including drug-impaired driving charges. The Smoke-Free Ontario Act, right? So uh, it will forbid smoking cannabis in public spaces just like tobacco. But since it's not in effect yet, it may be adopted by employers as a best practice until it's enacted. Occupational Health and Safety Act, employers have to take every precaution reasonable in the circumstance for the protection of a worker. This includes due diligence as an employer to protect workers and provide a safe working environment from safety risk due to cannabis impairment. Driving under the influence. Even if you have a cannabis medicinal prescription, if a substance has impaired your ability to drive or operate a vehicle, 
it is illegal for you to be driving. So even if you think marijuana is legal, I can do whatever I want. Think of it as alcohol. You can't drink and drive. You can't be high and drive. You cannot go to work drunk. You are not going to be able to go to work high. If you like to smoke your doobie at night, fine. One in the morning on your way to work. Overnight, it leaves your system. You are not considered high when you go to work in the morning. Now, if you smoke it at 3 in the morning and work at 6, I don't know if you're going to be under the influence of it. But the rules change and develop as we go along. All right, it's time for our third break of the show. When we return, I'm going to talk about some tips for employers in creating a marijuana policy at work. You are listening to Financially Speaking with Karen Cook on the Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. Canada 613-800-8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back everyone. I'm Karen Cook and today our show topic is being financially ready to get high. So let's talk about some tips for employers creating a marijuana policy at work. So on July 1st of this year, the Canadian Liberal government legalized recreational marijuana. So the new legislation is is kind of simple to understand in terms of the rights of individuals. However, it gets a lot more complicated when it comes to how marijuana should be used, tolerated, or forbidden at work. So to help clear the air, here's five tips for setting up a workplace marijuana policy that is going to help ensure a smooth transition into full legalization in the year to come. So the first thing, first tip is understand what is legal. So employers should start by understanding what is legal right now, 
what will change if Parliament passes the bills C45 and 46, which would implement the changes. So individuals that have medical needs and the authorization of their healthcare practitioner can access cannabis in three ways. Register or grow your own medical marijuana. Design a registered grower or buy it from Health Canada, uh, an approved licensed provider. So in each case, the production and distribution of medical marijuana is strictly regulated and meant to ensure that Canadians with serious health issues can access this form of treatment. So existing access to medical marijuana is still going to be the same. It will remain unchanged under new legislation. So the proposed 2018 legislation will allow adults 18 or over, or whatever age your province, territory, or state says you can purchase it, uh, you can possess up to 30 grams of dry or fresh cannabis, share up to 30 grams with other adults, and buy dry cannabis or cannabis oil from a provincially regulated retailer. Adults will be able to grow up to four plants per residence for personal use. So don't think there's two of us, we'll grow eight. Now, if you have a facility and you rent it, so you have a rented space and it's legal, that we may consider two spaces. So four per person, four per household, sorry. Um, so uh, the bills include strict guidelines around selling it to minors, driving while impaired. Individual provinces, territories, municipalities, and states will be able to set higher minimum ages and individual laws regarding distribution and retail sales rules. The second tip, clarify your policy on recreational marijuana. So recreational marijuana at work should be treated like any other controlled substance, just like our alcohol. Employers are responsible for the safety of all employees, and they have a right to enforce a zero-tolerance policy against intoxication or impairment in the workplace. So sharing a clear drug and alcohol policy with employees is going to help establish these guidelines around what is acceptable, the consequences of noncompliance, and who to speak with for additional information or questions. The third one, accommodate medical users. Employers are bound by duty to accommodate uh, in the Human Rights Code any person who has marijuana with a prescription for medicinal purposes. This could mean allowing patients adequate breaks to step outside and vaporize their medicine or a change in their duties and responsibilities to accommodate their medical condition. So the most important takeaway for employers is that when employees present a prescription for medical marijuana, they have the same rights as employees using any other doctor-prescribed medication, and they do deserve the same treatment. The fourth one, cover medical marijuana in your group benefits plans. There's a lot of changes coming. So given the changes and, and the changing attitudes toward medical marijuana and growing user demand, forward-thinking employers are now taking action to include medical marijuana coverage in their benefit plans. The fifth tip, have an open, honest dialogue with your employees. Before signing up for a medical marijuana, uh, marijuana license or holding emergency drug policy meetings, take a step back. Assess what the impact of marijuana in the workplace will mean for your particular organization. Different industries, demographics, and workplace cultures will face different challenges and levels of acceptance. Until now, employers have largely been able to avoid or ignore the issue of marijuana in the workplace. But with legalization looming, it's time to break the taboo 
and engage in candid conversations. So by creating a culture of openness, trust, and honesty, you can help employees feel more comfortable with their needs while encouraging respect for your policy choices. Now more than ever, employers and employees must know how to discuss and deal with marijuana at work. The best thing you can do to protect your business and your people is stay informed, be prepared for questions that might come up, and understand the implications of marijuana, both medical and recreational, on your current human resources policies and group benefit plans. Finally, ensure you consult legal counsel when creating or amending any policies. So get your policies in place. Talk to people that can help you. Find out what you can do as far as accommodating medical marijuana users but keeping a healthy, safe place as well. There's, you're not going to be able to use it recreationally at work, driving or anything else, but as an employer, you want to look at how you're going to accommodate people in the workplace. This is not for your recreational users. This is for your medical users, which we have to accommodate. So I hope you take a lot out of today's show. I mean, I could probably go on and on for days about this, but we're coming to end. So... Get your policies in place as an employer. Talk to people. Talk to the municipalities. Find out what's going on with the government. Know your rules regarding travel. Know what you need to do if you're traveling to and from Canada. doesn't matter if you're Canadian or American. Right In the estates, know where you can have your marijuana and where you can't. If you like to travel through the states, don't be carrying your drugs with you. You're going to be in trouble because each state is different. In Canada, yes, it's Canada-wide recreationally available to be used. Enjoy it. Smoke responsibly. Follow your workplace rules. And I think we're going to have a safe and happy North America. So thank you for listening today. And I look forward to speaking with you next week because next week we're going to talk about saving money while we coupon and spend money. So have a very safe week, and I look forward to listening. Have you all listen next week, and please join again and stay safe. Have a great week. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.